Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Okay, so I think I figured out. It's chapter... Found it. Oh, perfect. Thank you. It's chapter... Here, babe. It's chapter, like, negative 10, not 10. And then it's going to work its way back to, like, where we are, I think. I don't know, man. This is confusing. Because now it's back to chapter... Chapter... Oh, my God. Chapter negative 9. It's called The Seer. This Isn't What It Looks Like. Secret Series by Pseudonymous Bosch. Book 4. Chapter 9. The Seer. Like, the person who can see things. Page 30. If I am a ghost, I must be dead. The girl glanced down to the rest of the world. She might have been transparent, but to her own eyes, her limbs looked solid. There was nothing she could see that indicated death, whether recent or long ago. It's Cass. Yeah, it's Cass. No sign of an accident or body trauma. No evidence of decay or flesh-eating maggots. She looked nothing like The Walking Dead in horror movies. She tried holding her breath. Logically, a dead person could not breathe, but soon found herself coughing for air. She jumped up to see whether she would float or even fly. Ow! Alas, the laws of gravity were in full effect. Actually, it didn't even hurt very much. Her exclamation was an instinctive reaction to the slightest twist of her left ankle than she just, as she just landed. As for her surroundings, they looked lifelike. Lifelike enough, even if she didn't recognize where she was. If this was a kind, some kind of otherworldly limbo, it wasn't what you'd imagine. There were no spooky wisps of fog, no souls lost wandering the streets. She certainly didn't feel dead. Although, how would you know what it would feel like? And yet, she didn't feel fully alive either. She was very little at all. Really. Very little physically, very little emotionally. It was as if her invisibility insulted her from the world. Ins- insulated her from the world, separating her from all other experience. She kept walking. What else was there to do? Finally, a town, well, a few houses and a horse, appeared on the horizon. She quickened her pace. At first thought was that she had entered one of those renaissance fairs where people got all dressed up in velvet tunics and green tights or something just sometimes just burlap sacks and Birkenstocks and says, hear ye, hear ye, over here and over, over and over. And she couldn't remember the details, but she had a vague recollection of just such an event, a school field trip maybe. Did she go to school? But there were far and few, far and fewer lords and ladies and after more and far more peasants. Although there were no funnel cakes or deep fried Twinkies for sale, just muddy carrots and wilting cabbages. Mangy turkeys and scrawny chickens wandering loose. Running in and out of the stalls and under carts, it could have been market day in town square hundreds of years ago. The small thatched huts that surrounded the square looked surprisingly authentic. Perhaps it was not there, but a movie set? Whatever it was, it was very crowded, and the girl kept bumping into people as she walked. There was a meat pie vendor whose pies she caused to land on several unlucky shoppers. Blus, best blueberry boar pig, 
swag-bellied lout, they complained, as she nearly started a fight between two, two young fops in plumed hats and flouncy collars, clay-brained coaxcomb, muking milk-livered maggot. Momentarily, she forgot about her transparent condition and asked a kind woman for the name of the town that they were in. Rather than response, the woman walked straight into her, crashing their heads together. She spun around in confusion, cursing loudly. The girl hardly felt the impact. Her senses were still quite dull, but it was disconcerting nonetheless. Or disconcerting nonetheless. She felt a big guilty... A, she felt a big guilty wrecking such havoc, and yet... She couldn't help admiring how skilled everyone here was staying in character. A theater camp for adult actors? Could that be it? Avoiding further collisions with the best as she could, she made her way across the market, ducking here, weaving there, hoping for some sign that would tell her where she was. She noticed that a small crowd had gathered in the center of the market. They cheered and jeered and generally seemed to be having a good time. She might start a riot if she pushed her way in. The girl stood on her tiptoes and trying to see what was causing the commotion. First, she caught sight of three potatoes sailing in and out of her view as though they were repeatedly tossed into the air. Then she saw a silvery shimmer of bells dangling from the three point, point ends of a hat. Finally, she made out a wiry young man in diamond-patterned outfit, a jester, standing in the box of some sort. He was juggling and telling jokes, that were, judging by the groans of the crowd, more confusing than they were funny. She strained to listen. Does thou say I am? I have not sense? He shouted at a heckler. No, I have better. I have a sense of humor. The girl felt an, an unexpected jolt of recognition. What was it about him that seemed so familiar? Had she been a jester in her former life? She looked down at her jeans and sneakers. Hardly seemed like it. Perhaps she was raised in a circus, bouncing in a, bouncing on the knee of a clown. Does that seem like a better possibility? If she spent her childhood performing on a, tra on a trapeze, it might explain why she was such a skilled climber. Then again, she really couldn't imagine herself in a sparkly leotard. When she reached a quieter corner of the market, she stopped to consider her options. What to do next? She felt a sense of urgency as though she had only a limited amount of time to accomplish a specific task, and yet, for all she knew, it was infinite. Hail, young traveler. A girl turned to see an old, straggly-haired woman sitting across the tree stump under an old, larger tree stump that had several served as a table and another stump for a companion to sit on. With a start, the girl realized the old woman was staring directly at her. You can see me? The woman nodded. I am a seer. I have what they call a second sight. Sit. I will tell you your fortune. The woman was so fair-skinned, her hair so white, she almost was colorless. She was barefoot and wore plain cotton shift. Her only ornament, a gold-rimmed monocle that magnified her pale, watery blue eye. I don't believe it. I don't believe in that, the girl said back. The girl said backing away. In what? Sitting? The girl hesitated. Who knew what she believed? Who knows what she believed in? And what does that matter anyway? She might not believe in ghosts, but that doesn't mean she was one, wasn't one. She felt in her pocket. I don't have money. The woman smiles as if it were a grim joke. Your money's no use here, I think. Please. 
she mentioned to the smaller motion to the smaller tree stump what is your name child i i am the girl stammered i am sorry i don't know who i am don't worry the cards will tell us am i dead the girl waited tense she did she was not at all certain she wanted to hear the answer she peered at the girl although the golden mon- through the golden monocle while the seer's left eye was closed her right eye seemed never to blink I don't think so, the seer said finally. In my experience, the dead are much more sure of themselves. They can be very tiresome that way. So that I'm not a ghost, the girl asked, relieved, but just, but only just. Is there, are there many kinds of ghosts or are there like ghosts of the dead? Others are simply, oh, oh wait, I think this is not a question. Okay. There are many kinds of ghosts. Only some are the ghosts of the dead. Others are simply the appearance of someone far away. A few even come from the future. The future, the girl repeated, growing more confused by the minute. Looking down, she noticed a little multitude of concentric rings that made up the large tree stump in front of her. From somewhere in her past, she had heard a kindly man's voice, who she couldn't remember, telling her that each ring represented a year passing that you could read the age of a tree by counting the rings. What year is it anyways? she asked. But the seer was no longer listening. Her eyes were closed and she was passing her hand over a deck of cards. The cards were well-worn and decorated with a pattern of moons and stars on their backside. As the girl watched, the seer arranged ten cards face down on the table. The girl rubbed her eyes. Unless she'd missed it, the seer had never once touched them. Her hands had simply hovered over them. Only after the middle card had flipped over, as if stirred by a breeze, did the seer open her eyes and pick up the monocle. The card was delicately painted with a picture of a slender a slender youth standing against the backdrop of lowering clouds. He was thrusting his sword, his sword forward while looking back over his shoulder. Ah, yes, the page of swords, said the seer. A stealthy card, the spy in the deck, tarot deck. Natural for the invisible girl, yes. It means, I think, that you have been sent to this world on a mission. A mission? What kind? Ignoring the question, the seer held her hand out over the second card. By the time her hand moved away, the card had flipped over and was lying face up across the first card. The second card bore a compass-like design in a four, in a framed in four directions by animals and crowned, crowned on top of a phoenix. Behold the wheel of fortune. The seer traced a circle in the air and then an X. You are at a crossroads. Which direction will you choose? This way, this way you follow the angel. That way the eagle. This way the lion. That way the bull. How am I supposed to know what that means? Asked the girl staring at the cards. Some say that the wheel of fortune means good luck, but I do not trust it, said the seer dismissively. Your mission will not go well. It will go badly. Oh. Oh, your mission will go well or it will go badly. What is certain that the wheel will spin again? Thanks, that's really helpful, said the girl who had lost her memory, but not evidently her tendencies of sarcasm. The cards only can tell us what we already know, said the seer, but I don't even know where I'm supposed to be going. I don't know anything. Patience. The seer turned over another card. It was, or was it that the card turned itself over? The one was decorated with an Egyptian motif. It showed this somber-looking woman sitting with a scroll in her hand, um, and a crescent moon at her foot. Here's your destiny. The high priestess. 
She bears, she is the bearer of secrets. It is perhaps the secret that you seek. The girl's reading her tarot cards and she's like hitting everything on the head. Yeah, I think, I think maybe it is, said the girl slowly, the secret. She didn't know where that thought had come from. Nonetheless, a small flame had been lit in the darkness of her mind. The secret. She was seeking the secret. The secret, yes, the seer said cryptically. That is what we all seek in the end, isn't it? The seer raised her hand slightly, and another card was revealed. Unlike the others, it faced the girl rather than the seer. The girl read the inscription, Ace of Wands. The fourth card takes us back to your distant past, the foundation of your journey. The seer shook her head sadly when she saw the card. See how it's upside down? It seems an old wrong must be righted. You never will rest until the wand is turned right to its rightful position. What wrong? What wrong? What wand? It may be that something has been stolen from you, or perhaps you have stolen something from someone else. The, she- the seer shrugged. Then again, sometimes a wand is just a wand. You mean like a magic wand? What other kind is there? The seer nodded with satisfaction as the other, as another card turned over. Here, a robbed man stood, holding down with holding, while pointing downward with his foot. The magician. It read, "How else could you have gotten here if not by magic?" How do I get out of here? That's what I want to know," said the girl, who was growing more irritable. By the minute, or do I just like click my heels and say there's no place like home? That's like Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm, I know. As above, so below, and in this world, so in the other. This is why the magic points upward and downward at the same time. Only, only that your actions in this place will reflect that of one. The sixth card turns over. For the first time, the seer looks surprised. The fool? But surely. Wait, what? Why is that weird? The sixth card signified your goal, the goal of your quest, and yet the fool is always a questioner. Always the questioner, you. The, sh- the seer paused thoughtfully. Perhaps it is yourself that you must find. The girl looked at the card, and now it was her to be, now it was her turn to be surprised. What is it? asked the seer. A minute ago, I saw a guy, a jester, who looked exactly like this. I kept thinking he looked familiar, and thinking... I think I realized yesterday why. The seer raised her eyebrows. The cards are not more helpful than you expected. Yeah, maybe, the girl admitted. Hey, um, what's your name in case I want to find you again or something? Me? My name is Claire, but most people call me Cassandra, she laughed. They say I off- I too often predict disaster. <gasps> I know. No, no, no. The, the card reader, her name's Cassandra. Cassandra, Cassandra, the girl repeated in her head. I see the prophet's name. I see the prophet's name is known to you. You are such a student. You are a student of Greek mythology. The girl smiled. Not really. I just, I just know the name really well. That's all. Cassandra. Her name was Cassandra. The magician, the jester, the secret. Her memories fell into place one after another. Her cards, like her cards in the deck. She was indeed on a mission, on a mission into the past to find the jester to find the secret to find and to find herself she was the secret keeper they had told her and it was time to learn what was meant when Cass's attention turned outward once more the seer was gone her tree stump was bare and so too was the tree stump table
save for a lone fly that flew away as soon as Cass noticed it. She had only imagined the encounter. Had it all been in her head? Cass's eyes focused on the, tr- on the stump in front of her, and the rings appeared to vibrate. Was she dreaming? Or were there fewer rings than now previously? Did that mean that she'd gone further back in time? Or that maybe the rings had pre- represented her future and now she was solidly in the past? Or was it about to conclude that she was slowly going crazy? That she had imagined the tarot cards reading and the change in the tree stump uh, the, and the change in the tree stump when she noticed a shiny object on the ground in front of her, the seer's golden monocle. The seer had left it for her intentionally, and if she took it, would she see what the seer saw? As she picked up the monocle, Cass noticed something odd about it. It was made of two lenses, one on top of the other. It was, in effect, a double monocle. The double monocle that gives you a second sight, it makes sense in a way, she thought. With only the slightest bit of nervousness, what could she see after all? It wasn't already there. Cass held up the double monocle to her eye and looked blinkingly through it. Ooh. This is spooky. <laughs>